Welcome to the Director's Letter and Executive Insights. I'm Dan Daly, and today I'm joined by two good friends uh, from the law firm in Boston, or in, out of the Boston office, Goodwin, uh, Lisa Haddad to my left, and Stuart Cable. They both run major uh, segments of the business here at Goodwin. Uh, they're both senior partners, and Stuart is vice chairman, as I recall. Okay, and Lisa is just a very important person, as I also recall. So I, I've asked them to come today um, uh, to really discuss some concerns that a lot of our viewers and readers has expressed in terms of what's going on in the economy, because we all know uh, that this is different from other recessions. Uh, we've got inflation, we've got bank, we've got a combination of things. So I, I asked them to address primarily two macro topics. And, and the first one we're going to talk about in general terms, and they'll get into specifics and street savvy uh, from experience they've had, is really credit and liquidity. And then the, se the second topic will be uh, if I am looking to buy or perhaps sell my company, uh, what should I be thinking about? What are my options, et cetera? So I want to welcome Lisa, welcome Stuart. It's always great to see you again. Uh, let's, you know, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about, I, I, I think, Stuart, you and I discussed earlier that. Uh, there isn't a point in, in talking too much about the Fortune 100 because they've got, they've got big pockets, uh, they've got big banks, they can do secondaries, they can do primaries. So let, let's go down a little bit, little bit further and, and talk a little bit about uh, if I'm on the, uh, the board or the, the finance committee, the audit committee uh, of a, a company not, that's not a Fortune 100, um, what, what should I be worried about today in terms of cash flow, liquidity, burn rate, what are my options, what's the cost going to be, and what should I worry about at night based on you know, what, you, what you're hearing and what you're directly involved in? Yeah, um, let me maybe begin by um, um, explaining kind of our perspective Please. or where we sit and what we see. You know, one of the advantages of sitting at a law firm like Goodwin is we see literally thousands of right. companies, uh, principally but not exclusively in the United States, Western Europe and Asia as well. And so we not only have our personal experience, we not only right. have what we read in the newspaper, we have lots of data right. and lots of anecdotes about what's truly going on in debt and equity capital markets. And so I think maybe the best contribution I can make to your audience, Dan, is to talk a little bit first about debt capital markets and then about equity capital markets. Okay, fine. Because at the end of the day, access to capital is what makes capitalism right. um, uh, what it is today. Mm -hmm. um, in the debt capital markets, the most important thing that has transpired in the last X months was clear the, clearly the meltdown of Silicon Valley Bank and a couple Same of other banks. The First Republic, yeah. Um, you know, we've had bank failures before. Uh, this uh, set of bank failures was different than previously and shocked the system. Right. Uh, I won't quickly forget the weekend that uh, the 2,000 lawyers of Goodwin Proctor spent advising our technology and life sciences clients about that. And, and this, is, this is a kind of a specialty for the two of you, realizing you go beyond that, but you spend a lot of time in technology and biopharma, am I correct? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we are not uh, focused so much on industrial companies right. in the great heartland. Right. Uh, Goodwin's principal focus and our focus is on uh, innovative companies, right. principally the tech and life sciences companies, and those companies had a shock to the system mm -hmm. uh, with Silicon Valley Bank, um, and not just Silicon Valley Bank, Republic uh, serviced right. uh, that community. There are several other banker, banks that remain extent that um, suffered significant sell-offs and runs uh, during that time frame. And so, you know, the access that uh, innovative companies had to debt capital right. uh, has been severely uh, undercut and in our judgment is not coming back anytime soon. So I'm going to interrupt you a second. So if I'm on a board and some of the, my fellow board members are saying, it's not a problem, it won't impact us. I want to take a stand and say, this is a different game. You've got to, you've got to think about this thing because this is a new game. 10, 15 years ago is not the game we're playing today. Is that, is that a fair statement? Yeah, well, um, it's nuanced. For companies with deposit relationships right. with these banks, they spent that weekend uh, round the clock on the phone with people like us right. to figure out, okay, do I pull my deposits? What happens to my credit arrangement if I pull my deposits? Gee, it hasn't affected my bank yet, might it? Right. How quickly could that kind of problem spread uh, uh, um, across the credit markets more generally? And basically what we saw uh, is a flight to scale, a flight to the too big to fail banks. Right. Um, because people figured uh, that their deposits would be safe at, you know, the major money setting center banks like, you know, a, a J.P. Morgan or a Citibank. It's more nuanced than that, Dan, because if you have both a credit arrangement and a deposit arrangement and the credit agreement requires that you maintain your deposits, uh, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if That's you don't. Right. That's right. And the analysis will depend critically on how big your credit arrangement is, um, how, how large your deposits are at that institution. Right. It was not a one-size-fits-all right. circumstance. So Energy, we, we had a great relationship for the past 10 years. That, that may not exist based on some of the things you're talking about here. That relationship, gee, I, uh, I, I still love my bank and he loves me, but... But, okay, the changes are there. Yeah, and look, debt capital markets beyond the banks have also been roiled significantly. So, you know, my partner, Lisa Haddad, uh, and I worked on um, a major leverage buyout for Citrix uh, at the end of last year, close no, to the end of that. last year, $16.5 billion, and the banks had committed to that facility 10 months earlier. What happened in the intervening 10 months? Interest rates skyrocketed. And the banks that locked in at, um, at, at th those low rates were now underwater on mm -hmm. their principal on a mark-to-market -market basis by hundreds of millions of dollars. Did we close that transaction? Yes. Did Lisa had to potentially break <laughs> the debt capital markets by herself? Right. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, joking aside. Quite an accomplishment. Joking aside, nothing less, by the way. Yeah. joking aside, the impact on public debt markets, 
for major public companies to do buyouts, to do acquisitions, right. uh, the ability of private equity, um, which is a huge force in M&A in this, in this country, um, severely undercut uh, by the move in interest rates, not so much by the higher cost of capital, but by the mere quantum of capital available to do a deal. So what happens in times like this is, instead of the banks lending or the private debt markets lending at six and a half or seven or seven and a half times cash flow, it moves back mm -hmm. to pick your number, five, five and a half, at most six. Right. That means the deals that were doable are no longer doable, no, or they're right. no longer doable at the same valuation, right. because obviously, well, we'll, we'll commit. We'll come into that when we when we talk about the the, the M and A, because you're you're right. Both sides of this equation are are, are going to move. The um, uh, let, let's let's go back and, and and talk to me a little bit more as as, as the director here about 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 just risk. You, you've given me some of the mechanics of why I should be concerned. What, what are some of the, the whoops factors that they can, that can well, impact Well, I'll stay with private debt markets for a minute. Yeah, that's fine, yeah. Um, we've had a lot of clients have their long, loans called. Really? Over the last um, X months, some for good reason and some for not so good reasons. Okay, um, that's interesting. You know, we in particular have seen the venture debt market, yeah. um, which again is tied to tech and life sciences, pull their horns in. Um, you know, those loans are made frequently to companies that are backed by venture capital players. Um, you know, again, we're back to the Silicon Valley bank right. types and a lot of lenders, both banks and private debt sources have found occasion not to renew those loans, uh, to, in some instances, look to call those loans on material adverse change mm -hmm. uh, grounds or otherwise. Those loans were historically very much relationship driven. Right. And the relationships have been tested I, I think that's that, that's a very important thing. Is that we, we've always had a great relationship with our with our bank. We're friends. We play golf. We belong to the same clubs. Our kids go to the same school. Gee, I'm 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 sorry, Dan. I, I understand all that, but I have no choice. Okay, I have to be in a position to call this. No, well, you, you can't do that to me. Well, you can. Okay, and uh, that that that. If someone hasn't been through that, they should take a deep breath and think, can it happen? And the answer is, yes, it can happen. And what would you do if it did happen? You know, call you people to start with. But I mean, that is a very scary experience for any company, any company to, to get that call. And usually that call is non-negotiable. I mean, we want it paid off. In uh, a much smaller thing that happened, happened to me once and I was able to pay it off but it was not a very pleasant call, and it was non-negotiable. Yeah, one of the important trends here um, is the role in the bank, the role of the banks in the innovation economy compared to um, what it has been historically. 
Right. So there are a couple of different trends. One is the flight to quality that I mentioned earlier. Yes, yeah. People are taking their deposit accounts out and they're putting it with the big banks. The other thing that has happened is that private lenders, not banking lenders, mm -hmm. but private lenders. Would these be private equity firms? They can be private equity firms with their own debt capacity or their own, oh, okay, own specialized yeah, yeah, debt yeah, funds, yeah, right, right. or it can be private firms that right. are in the business of lending. Uh, and right. what we have seen both in the deal environment and in the non-deal environment, these private lenders are taking an increasing share of the market. Um, and a lot of private equity firms, a lot of companies are doing business with these private lenders right. now because in part they don't want to be at the mercy of the regulatory world right as it relates to their lenders. Yep. So a lot more of our deals and a lot more of our financing in a non-deal context is coming from private lenders. One, one comment there, because we, we, for 20 years, we, we did a lot of work with venture capital firms, legitimate, not private, venture capital firms. And one of the things we always, we always looked was how deep were their pockets in terms of follow-on round? You can get somebody who was in there on an A round, but you couldn't count on them for a B or a C. And that, that just changed the whole complexity. When, th when, th when things got, uh, I, I, I remember, I was way back and we had an office on Kelly, uh, venture firm, we were taking equity uh, in, in it. Uh, um, and I, he called me and said, uh, we're gonna do a down round. Well, I mean, you know what it is. I didn't know what the hell a down round was. <laughs> Basically, he said, well, I'm not happy. He said, I'm gonna do the deal myself. And he said, I'm gonna wipe myself out all the common, uh, you know, everything and that'll wipe you up, but, but he said, you can come back in at my price. I mean, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about, but, but it worked, and it was, but I mean, the idea of a down round, uh, it was just, so my, my point there is, I think one of the things when you're talking about non-traditional banks is, you know, wh what about the follow-on? What are the deep pockets? And you may not have any choice. You have to go with the first guy who's got the checkbook, but it's awfully nice to know that they're in a position to do follow-on rounds. Quick question to, the, to you. Well, let me let me hit no, on please, that. Yeah, please, yeah. Down rounds are back. Uh, down rounds <laughs> and recaps are back. Um, let's un let's underline that. Down rounds and recap. Fortunately, I'm not in that business anymore. Down rounds and recaps are back. Um, you know, we're seeing um, private um, capital on the equity side into these technology and life sciences companies right. work very differently than it was working even six months ago. So, you know, the last time we did down rounds and recaps, which is another word for down round, right, right. Uh, was in the 2008 recession. Yeah, right, and we didn't right. do them right. for, you know, 15 years. Uh, so there's a lot of bankers, lawyers, and Indian chiefs who've never done them before. Right, and, and, that, and uh, th that's significant that a lot of these people don't know it and they were instructed to do it and that's good points to it. I'm well, but, but I actually think, uh, you're gonna call, call me cynical, I basically think it's healthy in the following yeah. sense. For a lot of these innovative companies, tech and life sciences companies, um, they could write their own ticket right. the last, pick your time frame, 10 right. years, 15 years. Yes. And you know, there was arguably irrational exuberance about valuation and all kinds of capital was available. 
then for the last year or so, very little capital has been available right. to right. these innovators. The good news is that we're seeing some green shoots. We're getting a bunch of huge private financings done. And what's happened in the innovation world, in my judgment, is you know, we've had a separation. Uh, the great companies can still get capital right. in abundance. Right. The, the companies that are struggling can't get any capital. Yeah. And, I, I, and there's I, I very little in between. Yep. You're either would, a winner or a loser, right. and right. that's how it's yep. playing that's out. It. Let, let me just uh, close this session with just one, one quick thought, and let me talk to you, Lisa. Uh, uh, Stuart mentioned, and I, and I agree, that there's going to be uh, more regulation. It's going to start at the top, come down. Uh, it, it, it may not go directly to, let's call it the, the, the regional or the smaller banks, but usually aren't they impacted that indirectly? So just say, well, you know, we're, we, 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 we deal with a local or a regional bank. This is not going to affect us. It's going to affect the big guys. And I just don't think that's true. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think unless you're banking with the, the big banks that you know can't fail, right. you have to be cognizant of who you're... Right, and how things might change. And how things might change. And I think one of the things that's come out of this is that for directors, and in particular the Audit and Finance Committee, right. where they you know, have typically spent the majority of their time on financial statements, right there's now more of a focus on exactly, you know, who is holding our deposits? Are we diversified? How does, oh. our, how does our lending relationship work? Who's in our syndicate? Because great, if, if one of these points. banks f falls out of your syndicate- Who are you playing with? What, who are the deal, people in the deal? Yeah, Excellent. And, and also making sure that, that companies, you know, management is showing the directors really kind of what the cash burn is and how they're prioritizing the cash spend. And if you're a director, you ask the tough questions and get the yeah. answer. Don't just assume that what you're getting is absolutely you accurate. You would be surprised how many um, management teams got emails or calls from their directors when Silicon Valley Bank hit and said, do we have any money there, right? They, d they didn't know exactly how all the relationships worked. Amazing. And so that I, I believe you completely amazing. That is now becoming a a standing agenda item for these audit and finance companies. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, let's, uh, I'm going to wrap up, we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, M&A, which you people are experts on. But I mean, I, I think that what, what I'm hearing here is it's a new game. Don't assume anything. Ask some tough questions and, and look at all, all alternatives. Just because someone's your friend and you play golf with them and they're in the same country club and they all go to the same school, doesn't mean that they can renew that note. It's, there are other factors in play here and Stuart, I'm, I'm hearing from you that this is going to be around for a while. This is not going to uh, straighten itself out. Strategically, from a macro standpoint, we may get stuff out of the way that probably isn't very good, but it's going to be tough operating. I'm an optimist. I think things are considerably better than they were six months ago. I, I go along with that. I'd go along with that. Okay, good, good. Well, let's stop. Let's stop there, and we'll come back in, in a couple of minutes. Stay with us. We appreciate the, uh, the input from Stuart Cable and Lisa Haddad just on credit, liquidity, and what uh, you as a director uh, or senior officer in a company should be concerned about today and going forward. So thank you.